And what's 10 minutes in the game of life? Could be, could be a lot, honestly. <laughs> you never know. You know what? That it really, it really could be a lot, or it could not be a lot. And I think we wouldn't actually know until we got like to the end, right? Yeah. This All sounds the way very wise. Yeah, yeah. Did wise. you recognize? Was, was that ten minutes time wasted, or was it good that we had that ten extra minutes? Like. Who knows how life's going to pan out, you know? Um, so what do we want to talk about on this podcast? You know, man, I I think we could we could probably just talk about our lives, you know? Probably just uh, – so what I like to do – I've never done a podcast before, but whenever I meet somebody new and we're going to be having a, you know, a long conversation, I can see. Um, I sometimes like to just do like a quick little timeline. Like I'm from here and I did this. And at this age, I did this, a little snapshot. Right. Yeah. And then that gives, in my opinion, the person I'm talking to you, a whole bunch you can go off on. Like, wait, so you did this. Wait, so 18, you went where here. Wait, so you, so how did you go from here to there? And then it just, it just becomes the podcast kind of, um, so Sounds I think that's great. a cool way for people to know us. And then, Sounds great. you know, we continue. Yeah. All right. So here we are, man. I, I love talking to you already. I can tell this is going to be amazing. I'm here with John Camo, and we're going to have a look behind the man. John, welcome. How are you, man? Nanad, thank you for having me on, man. This is an absolute pleasure. Um, I love to say that today is already great and how much better can it get? Uh, so I'm I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I got one of my favorite flower shirts on. Me and a couple of my friends have these flower shirts. We used to all go out on the town together, four or five flower shirts. You could never lose each other. Um, so favorite <laughs> shirt, favorite day, a beautiful day outside here with you. It's it's awesome, man. I'm doing great. How are you? Love it. I'm I'm also very good, um, very well. A lot of things happening right now in my life, so um, keeping track on all that, staying uh, staying on top of it. Uh, love the flower shirt, by the way. I have only one, one and only flower shirt that I bought in the okay. ladies' department, but I do I love, love it. it. You can't tell Ooh. it's a ladies' shirt. Nope, you can't. Those are the best shirts. Those are the best shirts. Absolutely. You got some ladies' clothes as well? You know what? I don't. I do have two sisters and a mom, though. And I see the patterns that they will make for women's clothing. And sometimes I look at just the patterns, not the fit, not the color, just the patterns, and say, wow, I think I could wear that. I haven't tried. But they just, they're just so much more appealing, you know? Mm -hmm. It, it could also be because I'm a dude and it's women's clothing and partly made so that it catches my eye and I go up and talk to her. But, you know, I, I think in 2023, you're not allowed to even say that anymore. Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. We'll just say whatever here. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's a podcast. Just two yeah. dudes talking. We're, we're to be here to be ourselves uh i used to be really afraid like i also used to love women's clothing especially with the patterns or once i found a shirt um with a little grapes on it and it spelled out okay. grateful you know instead of grateful uh, yeah. and i love that one yeah. so i think this was the actual first piece of women clothing that i bought because my girlfriends used to drag me 
to shop with them and i really really didn't l like this at all like yeah i thought it's a waste of my time so i said i'm gonna make the best of it and then i saw oh i'd like to have this shirt or um i, I once bought a fully green suit um that looks like disco uh from the 70s like with with stripes and everything um i went to okay actually a a um um how, what's it called like the the shoes with the with the wheels they they had a disco evening rollerblades roller yeah like rollerblades roller blades, like are the ones in a row but they're oh, they're also like with the, it's it's healing healing it's it's like a, a, a was it like a sneaker and then it just had a rollerblade on the back where you can kind of roll around no it, it was actually rollerblades like but just like the four rollerblades like today when you when you see people oh, rollerblading roller they have them skates. in a row roller skates that's it so Ro it was a roller skates. skate disco where they play like music from the 60s 70s 80s and i just went dressed like that and it's it's been an awesome experience actually want to do it again dude that's cool that's cool you should come over we should do that together i'd love to do that with you oh man i have yet to visit Europe and Switzerland is definitely one of the ones that are top of my list um, because it has the French and I'm a quarter French actually. So my last name, Camo, which you pronounce properly, um, <laughs> would love to go experience Swiss culture, the food, find out why Swiss watches are the best, why Swiss chocolate is so good, um, why everybody seems to want to hide their money in the Swiss. Bank, like, what is it about the Swiss bank? Like, is is the bank itself made of gold, and then you just want to put more gold there? Is the gold attracted to the gold? Does it have like money magnets all over it? How do I gain one of these money magnets for myself? A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah, yeah it's it's a state secret, so we don't give it out in podcasts. But whenever you come to visit, there's an initiation process. Um, we'll go with you through yeah. it, and then we can take care of all the questions that you have around it. Okay. Okay. I need to get initiated. It's like uh, joining a fraternity. It's like joining a fraternity. Kind of. I've never joined a fraternity because we don't have these like in, in Europe or at least in Central Europe where um, where I grew oh, up. Don't. We don't, but I've heard so uh -huh. many things of it. And I've seen a lot of US movies depicting the weird things that fraternities would do. <laughs> yes. Have you, have yes. you been part of one? I assume. You know what? Yeah. So I think this would be a perfect time to go into my timeline. My timeline. Famous and we'll, timeline. Well, we'll get all it. So um, yeah. So I was born in 93, 1993 in, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, so I'm 30 now. Uh, birthday's May 24th. And both of my parents are Haitian. Right. So they both come from the island of Haiti. My mom moved here when she was 17. My mom was full Haitian. My dad is half French and half Haitian. That's where my French comes from. He moved here when he was 13. Um, he moved here in like the 60s. She moved here in like the end of the 70s kind of thing. Or the beginning of the 70s. One of those two. Right. So born in New York. Lived out there until I was eight years old. And then we moved to the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. Um, so this was about two hours southwest of New York City. And my parents ended up there because they went there on their honeymoon when they got married. And 
they loved it so much that they said to themselves, if we had an opportunity to build a house out here, raise the family, raise the kids, we would do it. And so they had an opportunity and they did it. So they built uh, our house in 2000, 2000. We moved in in 2001. Um, I went to elementary, middle school, high school out there. And as a kid, the Pocono Mountains was very boring for me. It was very boring. Um, coming from New York, it was a city. All my cousins and family were out there. And then we kind of move out to this place. And I'm like, there's nobody here. Um, my one uncle, Uncle Carlo, actually moved down the street from us. He was three houses from our house and literally liked our house so much. Okay. He designed his house after our house. So it looks exactly the same. It, besides some very small details, yes. The outside of the house is the same. The color palette is the same. The design of the layout of the rooms and the living room and the kitchen and the upstairs and the front door and all those things is the same. Um, you know, Absolutely the colors are different, it. so it has a different feel. But yeah, that was that was so funny. Um, and I thought that was kind of weird as a kid, but it it kind of makes sense to me now. You know, your brothers, you love each other. Why not move next to each other? Your house is a good design. I'll I'll also take that kind of take the thinking so out of it for me. It's but, it's your father's brother then. Yes. Yep. That's the younger dad. or the older. Younger. younger, younger by like a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to remember who's older and who's younger. Uh, my dad has. I literally got Uncle Carlo, Uncle David, Uncle Daniel, Uncle Teddy, Teddy Susie, Teddy Shayla. So he has six whole brothers and sisters, and then he has two half uh, brothers and sisters. One half brother, one half sister. So right, there's nine of them. Wow, that's a big family. Yeah. Yeah. And then on my mom's side, there is my uncle Gene, my uncle Mario, my Tati Alicia. Tati in Creole means aunt. Um, so my aunt Alicia, my aunt Owa, um, my aunt Nenen, who passed away from cancer uh, when I was like 16, uh, my aunt Livy. So there's six, six others of them. So there's, there were seven of them in the, on my mom's side of the family, there's six now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huge wow. family. Huge family. Um, so yeah, living in Pennsylvania um till I was 18. And that's when I got involved in music. So I started singing in fifth grade. Um, and music really was my saving grace, just like in high school. You know, it was the thing that I looked forward to in school, music and gym class. Um, I was a big science nerd. So I was also really into science. I had thought that I was going to be an aerospace engineer. I really liked space. And at first I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid. And I went on my first roller coaster when I was 13. We went to this amusement park, um, Dorney Park. And I rode this roller coaster called Steel Force. Okay. Now all the roller coaster does. I know. Great name for a roller coaster. Steel Force. Very powerful. So all this roller coaster does is it goes and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. It comes around a little bit, kind of like the mountains in the back. You can imagine like a roller coaster on the mountains. Like it goes down and then it comes mm -hmm. back up the mountain. You can kind of think of it that way. 
And I realized that I hate roller coasters. Oh man, I could not handle the <laughs> drop on them. Yes, I could not handle the drop on them. My stomach was like, Ugh, and I was like, ah, but not in a good way. Everybody else is screaming for joy, and I was screaming like, "Get me out of this thing! I don't want to be here." So I realized that if I can't handle a roller coaster, how am I supposed to blast off into space? Astronaut may not be my calling not be my calling so i said aerospace engineering um and yeah so science music gym were really the only three things that i cared about in high school um i started doing musicals in ninth grade um so i got a little bit of a musical background and kind of acting that's a lot of fun uh was very very involved in the music i was in marching band for three years um i was in jazz choir i was in show choir um so after I graduated, I went to University of Michigan, which was pretty far. It was like a nine-hour drive from my house. And there was only one other person within the last 10 years from my high school that had gone to University of Michigan. And I actually knew his younger brother. I had a class with his younger brother. So it was like very rare for somebody from my school to kind of go out that far. Um, and when I got there, I really reinvented myself. I reinvented myself. I had a goal to become cool, to become one of the coolest people on campus, to become one of the most well-known people on campus, just because I felt like I wasn't already. Um, and, you know, we could talk more about that uh, with our experience with letting go and kind of getting to the core of why we feel certain things, you know, that'll definitely come on later in this conversation, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, so so part of me being trying to become cool was I joined a fraternity, right? Uh, And what age were you at that point? So I was 18 when I went to college. Um, I joined the fraternity in my winter semester. So I was still 18. It was the second half of the school year. Um, Delta Tau Delta. So once you join a fraternity, you're part of the fraternity forever, um, unless you do something absolutely heinous and get kicked out. And I haven't done anything absolutely heinous yet and don't <laughs> foresee myself doing anything heinous. So I am still a part of the fraternity. Um, yeah, so that was that was an awesome, awesome experience. Um, everything that you hear about uh, hazing is real to some sorts. Um, there's just a lot of drinking, you know, mostly that much, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, um, a lot of doing weird things. Uh, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. There's this one week, they call it hell week. It's like the week before we actually get initiated. So when you first go to join a fraternity, it's called pledging, right? So you essentially yeah. pledge that you would like to join and it takes about two to three months to go through that pledging process, going through learning the history of the fraternity, meeting all the brothers that are in the fraternity. The brothers are the members of the fraternity. Um, If it was a sorority, they'd be the sisters. uh, Learning the codes, the etiquette. There's a handbook, actually. There's a creed. There's a special handshake. All of these things. So it really is, what you when you think of a fraternity like a society, it really is like that. Right. And so going through this process for two, three months, 
at the end, there's a hell week before I actually become a brother. And in this hell week, you essentially have to do anything that any brother says, right? Before this, it was just a committee that's training you. Any of the other brothers, you kind of just got to know them. And this week, anytime anyone said something, yeah, do it. So they had us carrying around fanny packs. You know, like the little, like the little satchel that will like, <laughs> right? And it, it looks like they bought these at uh, a girl's store, a female store, but it didn't have cool patterns on it or anything like that. It was just either bright green, neon green, or bright neon pink. And we had to wear these all week. And they had various items like uh, gum, cigarettes, lighters, pencils, pens, uh, condoms, Plan B. Um, I can't remember. What, I can't remember what else. Those are like the main things that I had to have in there. Some money as well, and we just had to have that stocked up. And a brother could come up to you anytime and just yell, "Pledge." Show me your. I just totally forgot the word. It's not the satchel. Oh, I was just saying it. I just lost this word. The fanny pack. The fanny pack. Show me your fanny pack. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could be in the middle of class. It could be in the middle of the dining room. It could be in the in the middle of the street. It did not matter. And you had to stand up, open up your fanny pack, put all the contents out wherever it was. And just show that you had everything. And if you didn't, oh man, oh man, you got in trouble. Oh man, yeah. The uh, the punishments I can't go into that because I think that's confidential information somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, honestly, it, it oh was it was fun. It was fun. It it sounds like oh, my God, this is so terrible. You know, how could you go through this? But. Um, the process of going through something difficult like that with a whole bunch of people really does bring you close to them. Um, and so that's, that's the goal of why they do that. Uh, so Michigan was an awesome experience. I was there for two years um, and I didn't go to class. I, I didn't do my homework. I didn't study um, because remember my goal was to become cool. So I didn't care about all that stuff. Also, aerospace engineering was not my calling. As, as you can see, I like talking to people. I'm not a very big sit-behind-a-desk and working on something for 8, 10 hours kind of guy. Um, so that that just wasn't for me. Um, so I actually failed out. I actually failed out of University of Michigan after making it all the way there after two years. Uh, oh. Finished up my college. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, finished up my college experience at East Stroudsburg University. Um back home in Pennsylvania. So I graduated from there with actually my business management degree and a focus on entrepreneurship. And then I went into sales. I went into sales. So I have been in sales ever since. Um, I've worked at a couple of different companies. The most notable one uh, was a company called Credico, um, where it's like an outsource sales and marketing company. So big companies hire us to go in and kind of do their events or work in their stores or um, go door to door. That's one of the main ways um, so that they don't have to do it because that's what we were the experts at. Um, so I got an opportunity to live up in Canada for two years between the years of 2016 and 2018. 
Um, and that was that was pretty big. That was pretty big because not very many people from the U.S. who are young and have just graduated college get an opportunity to move to another country and work there for two years. Um, so that was absolutely great. So cool. I moved around like seven different times while I was up there. It was pretty wow. active okay. in that two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I came back in 2018. Um, started working at a car dealership in 2019. Ray Price uh, was there for about eight months. The pandemic hit. Then my friend from Canada, uh, Matt and Kyler, my managers back then, said, hey, John, you know, we have an opportunity. We're living in Virginia Beach now, one of the most fun Virginia Beach. We're working with a security company. Would you like to come down and work with us? And I said, guys, your timing is like impeccable. You know, COVID just hit. <laughs> Um, things are all getting shut down. They're telling us you can't do this and you can't do that. And this was in May when stuff in the U.S. started to kind of open back up. Mm-hmm. And I went down to Virginia for the first time. It was amazing. Absolutely great. I found my church down there. Um, I had gotten into some trouble back in 2020 with drinking and driving. So I was supposed to be losing my license. Went back home to Pennsylvania. Started working at the dealership again. And this was in 2021. And then in 2023, I moved mm-hmm. back down here in July. And now I'm back in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's my timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a long one, actually. It's quite it, a long one. It, it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be five minutes, but you know, when when you're telling stories about your own life, and I'm sure everybody listening and watching, you can definitely relate to this. When you're telling a story about your own life, you may not remember all the cool things that you went through and all the times that you had, but then as you start to go back through it, it's like, oh wait, I did this. Oh, I gotta tell you about yeah. this thing. Oh, I did. Oh, I gotta tell you about this thing. Right. So it, it it's gonna take a little longer than than you expect. Just just expect that. And that's why it's so great, right? You you start out short, you start out with this expectation, and then you you land up on the moon or something. And and this way, I love uh, this when you can tell that it's actually a good conversation when you just start yeah. getting into it. And um, you know, I was I was asking you about your uncle actually because at that point um, I wanted to go into something else, and I was like, wait a minute, no, no, you're you're having your timeline. Come on, man. Don't uh, don't start doing some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like, um, uh, have you have you watched that show on Disney Plus, Loki? No, I haven't. I have. From okay, so so there's a Marvel show, and it's kind of showing a depiction of time and the multiverses. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. really ruin anything for you. Time and multiverses, and it just shows. Time kind of like this, and then things branching off of it, things branching off of it, things branching off of it, based on whatever event happens and whatever changes. Um, and yeah, it's it reminded me of that like here's the timeline we're supposed to be on, but wait, this thing, but wait, wait yeah, this thing, but wait, there's <laughs> more. <laughs> there's a lot more. So just when you started out, you were born in '93. I was like, me too, me too. <laughs> Let's oh, go. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. When's your birthday? Uh, mine is January twenty sixth. Okay. Okay. Very so cool. Yours right. is, so yours is yours is May twenty fourth, right? May twenty fourth. So you are probably either 
Taurus or already Gemini? Probably Taurus. Uh, I'm a Gemini. You're um, a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. So that's that's early. Yeah. Yeah, my sister is very into the horoscope stuff. I'm not. I'm Christian. Um, I don't I don't really subscribe to the idea. I'm not saying that you do. I know some people do. Um, I don't really subscribe to the idea that the sun, moon, and different planets are going to tell me what my personality is like and how I'm going to react in certain situations, right? And when I found out that you get down pretty, you know, you get more involved with the horoscopes and you get to more detail, that essentially it's that's what it does. You know, uh, my sister is big into the horoscope mm -hmm. and she made like this 27 page packet and like highlighted things. And I was like, how, what's going on? This is a few years ago, probably three, four years ago. Yeah. And it, it was saying things like you're very passionate and you care about your family, but when difficulties arise, then you're going to react like this and you react like that. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, that, that could be me. That could be me. But then the question goes into, is that really my personality or is that just my habits? Is that coming from, uh, you know, traumas that I have or is that actually me? Right. And it just felt very deterministic, like telling me, oh, it's predetermined that you're going to act like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And. On the surface, it doesn't seem like that. But when I started to think a little bit deeper about it, I was like, mm, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a, a fate kind of guy. You know? You're not? You're not? Nah. Because I, I think it's nah, a very interesting point um, that, that you made there. And I think many people don't get the, the full picture or the full idea. So I have a brother who is an astrophysicist. So he's doing the scientific side. So whenever I start okay. anything to say around astrology or whatever, he's coming yeah. there with acid throwing at me. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like this kind of relationship. <laughs> no, he, he indulges me, you know, um, but, I, but yeah, I have to yeah, stop yeah. after a certain period. So for me, <laughs> I don't believe in it necessarily per se. However, I think it's a very interesting uh, thought experiment to do i i love everything that has do, yeah. to do with personality development also like the myers-briggs personality tests and everything like that i really enjoy doing those because it gives me something to think about something to reflect on to myself and then i can ask myself am i like this or am i not like this and in the case yeah. of astrology a lot of the things applied to who i am and um, how, how I perceived myself to be. Having said that, it's also just like a guideline because most of these ancient type of characteristics, uh, personality descriptions, stuff like that, is actually telling people, you know, you come from here. This is like your your mm -hmm. start. This is what have been given to you, like as a talent or as a challenge, and your task in your lifetime is to balance it all out. So today I know a lot of people who would go and read the horoscope and say, well, you see, this is the way I am, right? It's, it's, it says it right here. So this is my excuse to be who I am, to not having to develop anything. Mm -hmm. And the actual idea, I think, behind 
not just astrology, but everything that's ancient and that, that, that has to do with character is that you come into the earth uh, with a certain kind of uh, personality traits and you come with a certain kind of talents yep. and gifts. Yep. And it's on you to make the most of it and to develop yourself. Um, I listened a few days ago, I started listening to the meditations of Marcus Aurelius and he just starts ah, out like okay. I haven't gotten past the start. He just starts with all this thanksgiving and, and giving credit where he learned what to develop his character. And I was just amazed at this guy 2,000 years ago or, or whatever time. So I think it was longer. Exactly. I think it was longer. It, I think yeah, it was like maybe. three or 4,000 years ago. Oh, you, you think so? Three or four? I, I thought maybe. he was a Roman maybe. emperor and Rome was founded... 700 BC, so it should be, I don't know, couldn't be older than 700 BC. Yeah, I think no, 771 no, or something Rome? like that. BC, oh, BC, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so BC, right, would be before AD, yeah, so that would be like 3700 years ago that Rome was founded. No, 27 years ago. Uh, 2,700 years ago, yeah. 2,700 years ago. Yeah. So we have 2,000 okay, since said, AD, right? And then another... Another... Uh, no, no, no. So it's 771, I think. Gotcha. I think was when, when Rome was funded. But don't don't quote me on that. Now, everybody listening to the podcast will sense. be, he said the wrong thing. He, yeah, said the wrong, he yeah. doesn't know his history. Okay. I, we we, we got to make... That, we got to make that the, the intro thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. Rome was founded 7,000 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Just people like, where did he say that? That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Please don't cancel us. <laughs> oh, no. The historians are coming for us. Yeah. The ancient yeah, Romans that are still here and alive are coming to attack us. But I really do love all all the, the history, all the dates, like all the. I'm really bad at dates, but just the the connections, you know, from which civilization took what from where, and and how we evolved as a culture mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, as a human species. I I think it's so 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 interesting and important, and just I agree. listening to to what Marcus Aurelius is saying, I was amazed at how important character development was back in the day and I, then i had in the same day the conversation with someone else who told me you know i miss character in people like there's so many people that just lack certain kind of personality that lack um certain kind of authenticity of integrity you know and and uh because he's like 30 years older than me. And he's like, yeah, you know, when I see someone young like you also having uh, the same issues that I have, I also think, yeah, may maybe it's not just the young or, or it's the time or it's the people or it's always been like that. I don't know. I don't know. But it, yeah, like, character was a thing back then. It's still a thing today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that because you know, when you're talking 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 years ago, technology was very sparse. Life was very hard. If 
and and I think people like to romanticize living back in the day, you know, oh man, if I was a Viking, it'd be so cool. Life would be great. If I was in medieval times, I'd be a Lord or a King. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if I lived uh, back with uh, Leonardo da Vinci or with Marcus Aurelius or with any of these great, um, these great guys, great philosophers, uh, Shakespeare, all these things, it's very romanticized. It sounds cool now, but, Think about that. I'm going to go live in a society where there is no cell phone, there's no computers, there's no electricity, there's no internet, there's no washing machines, there's there's no automatic dryers, right? There's no sink. Not everybody had a running water like that, right? There's no central heating or AC, right? There's no code for building your house. Someone could come build your house and your house could fall on you, right? And the farther and farther and farther back we go, it's like life life was crazy hard to eat food, right? It's just the most basic thing. For us now, we can go on our phone, type in a couple of things, and it comes to your house in 30 minutes. Yeah. And we're sitting here complaining because we thought it was going to take 25 minutes, Right? Back in Marcus Aurelius' time, right? For real, for real. Back in Marcus Aurelius's time, you had to have character. You had to develop character because you might go out hunting all day, having only ate yesterday, recognizing that this animal could kill you. It could be really cold at the time. I mean, Rome probably got down to like 30, 40 degrees, right? It could be really cold at the time. It could be snowing. You may not know where the animals are. There's no guns, right? You got bone arrow. Okay, cool. Everything is tough. Then you have to go out, kill this animal, drag it back to your family, butcher it, chop it all up, make a fire so that you can cook some food to eat. And there's all these other people relying on you, right? If you didn't have some kind of willpower, some kind of mental toughness, if you didn't have the long-term focus to say, I'm going to focus on honing this skill of bow and arrows, archery for 10, 15 years so I can become a great hunter, so I can go out and earn the right to have a family, right? Because not everybody just had a family, right? You really had to yeah. be like worthy. You had to be worthy, essentially, and go through a ritual and I'm speaking more from a guy's perspective because I'm a guy. I don't really understand what it's like to be a woman. Um, but you had to go through rituals and you had to earn the right to be called a man so that you can go ahead and say, yes, I can provide for a family. I can protect the family. If there's a war that happens, I'm going to leave my family and go fight in that war. So my family can be safe. You, you have to have character. You have to have character or else you just won't survive, right? I think nowadays it's very easy to survive, not thrive, not really live, not enjoy life, but just to survive. That's kind of on autopilot now. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, I, I do partially agree with you. Yeah, at least, at least more. I mean, there's still homeless people. People still die from not having food to eat and things like that. Yeah. Of course, I don't want to discount that. But 
I, I think that that thing that's more rare for us now in a civilized world, at least, was the norm back then. Like it was rare if you didn't have to worry about finding food to eat, if you didn't have to worry about your house, if you didn't have to worry about basic needs. Like that was a rarity. You were a king, you were a yeah. lord, you were an emperor, you owned land. You know, so it's the roles are kind of reversed. Yeah, and, and I think that, that that toughness builds character. Anytime I've gone through a difficult situation, that's where I've built my character. When it's when things are easy, it's it's kind of easy. I'm I'm kind of using what I already have. When it gets hard, it's when I have to build something new or refine um, a part of my personality or or really really understand something better than I mm -hmm. thought that I did to apply it. In a big way. Yeah, I as I said, partially agree with you on that. Adding on mm -hmm. to it that. I don't know how we really can perceive how life was back then. I don't also know um, if we could actually say that they had to develop character. I do agree that they had to do these things. Otherwise, they don't, don't have um, the right to call themselves a man. They don't get to have a family that they wouldn't um, get a certain social status or maybe get thrown out of the group. I also think that group dynamics are very interesting as you've described um, with the mm -hmm. whole fraternity thing. Uh, this is also something I want to talk about a little bit later. And yeah. just looking at all of these things, people came out in a really strong way, like doing extraordinary things, um, building extraordinary things, leaving an extraordinary legacy. Also, it is fair to point out that, for example, children, and I think this is a very big part, children have only gotten a status of being accepted as human beings, as actual human beings, in the last 40, 50, 60 years or so. Before that, you can literally tell really? throughout history that children haven't had any kind of rights. Um, they were used to do the work. They have been literally abuse a lot um there was a german guy who who uh, did a whole study in different cultures and civilizations how people behave towards children and also for example in the bible there's the story about um women bringing their children to jesus and then the disciples uh try to to hush them away and say go away go away and then jesus says like no 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 please bring the children um which is showing that he regards them already as human beings. So true, true. It's it's been ingrained in society that um, children aren't really, <laughs> uh, yeah, like finished human beings. They don't have any kinds of rights for such a long time. And I think this has been enormously traumatizing. I also have, for example, a grandfather who does not like talking about his childhood. Um, also, mostly because he didn't have enough food to eat. He was hungry a lot. He had to get up early in the morning um, to take out the goats, uh, to, I don't know, go milk them, to whatever was needed. Like, people would get up at five in the morning and, and go late uh, at night to bed and just have to struggle with everything. As you've said, people... Today, we, we tend to romanticize it because we, we have these Netflix shows and 
these are also only parts of the story that they are telling, right? Uh, but nobody tells yeah. you the everyday chores and what's really going on. The, no, no medical um, facilities anywhere. No knowledge of what's going to happen. Um, just maybe you you have luck and you really find a shaman who does something good for you. Uh, but maybe that also backfires. So who knows? I mean, we have much higher life expectancy today. We have, as you've said, many more technological advancements. I am also guessing that we might be more spiritually advanced a little bit than previous generations, but not in a way where we have maybe singular beacons like it used to be. From an artist's perspective, I'm amazed when I look at art from, from previous times. Just the quality and, and the essence of it. Um, maybe I, I really do love Renaissance and Baroque. And this is like the time where, where they started putting immense fundings into art and, and really um, just advancing the skill so much that I don't know anything that compares to it. Like just looking at the paintings, just looking at the buildings. I mean, that's why Da Vinci is still regarded as one of the greatest or, or Michelangelo or, or just looking um, at the stuff like Bach, Mozart in music. These are the Beethoven, of course, also. Uh, these are like the geniuses from, from a time that passed a long time ago. And I think there there were several reasons why they were able to thrive in this time, even if it wasn't as technologically developed as ours, or maybe because it wasn't technologically developed as ours. So it was some some kind of timeline that, that, that crossed um, the, the means uh, of, on the one side, money and, and economic means to, to be able to do that, to have enough knowledge, to have enough education, but still not be as distracted maybe like we are today with the immense amount of, of information that we're getting every day. This is my take on it. Yeah, like, yeah, man. I, I like a lot of the points that you brought up. Um, one thing, especially about the, the children, one thing, especially about the children, um, because as I think kind of, as I was alluding to before, you know, back when life was tougher, uh, just just pretty much by day-to-day metrics it i believe a big a big a big part of how people society or family looked at you was how useful you were right and f- until children got older they weren't very useful right and so on one hand biologically we understood Okay, we need to have kids to continue our genealogy, our legacy, and parents love their kids, right? It's it's just a biological fact of nature. You're going to love them because we put this much effort um, and uh, resources and care into them. You know, of course, not everybody, but as the majority. Um, But yeah, the, the way that love looked back then for kids um, as you mentioned, was probably, okay, have them get up to speed on how to cook, how to clean, how to do chores around the house as quick as possible so that they don't grow up to be useless, 
right? Whereas now we definitely focus um, more on how do our kids feel? What are they learning? You know, all all very important things. Um, how are they developing? And not focusing as much on their utility, right? As little people. Um, and, and I love that phrase, little people, because it's like they're people, yeah. just smaller. It's just smaller, right? Exactly. Um, so their, their utility is as, as little people. Um, and I also like what you mentioned uh, about in the time of Jesus, when Jesus said, no, let the kids come, let them learn as well. Um, because you're right, it, it depicted exactly, you know, how people looked at them back at that time. Like, oh, you're an annoyance, go away. The adults are talking. Uh, we, we still do a lot of that now, right? Yeah. If, if, if the kids are, are not well-behaved, if the kids are well-behaved, yeah, come on in. You can join the conversation. But if they're going to be screaming and poking at things and distracting and stuff, um, and they haven't really been taught, you know, how to interact around adults and kind of to wait their turn and things like that to speak, um, then I, I can I can see them shooing shooing them away. Um, I, I've heard of this restaurant. I think it was in Michigan, uh, who's charging families fifty dollars extra if their kids aren't behaving. Like it, it really? came to the newspaper here. Yeah, and and apparently a woman. It made the news in Switzerland. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A woman was complaining. Like they're looking for fun stories, right? From from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the world to to put it, and uh, they just had this policy like if the kids aren't well behaved you have a surcharge of fifty dollars to pay in the end and um a lot of people wow. seem to like it and a few people do not you know i that's interesting that's interesting well you know what it's a free country uh we live in a capitalist society if it's working for that restaurant and people are liking it um you know, for every rule, there's going to be someone that likes the rule and someone else that doesn't like the rule. So I say, hey, have at it, right? As long as parents know coming in there, hey, this is how a restaurant works. This is the rule. And it's not sprung upon them when their kid is loud. Boom, 50 bucks and they didn't know about it. I I think that that's completely fair game. Um, something else that, that I want to go back to that you mentioned was the intersection well, two things, the intersection of technology and art, right? How, in your opinion, in, you mentioned the Baroque period, when was that, like the 1500s, 1600s, something like that? Yeah, well, let's say from the 1600s to maybe 1750, something like that, yeah. Okay, so in that period, still not as much technology. Technology is coming up, but it's not nearly to the point of where we're at right now. It hasn't, we haven't had the... Um, technological revolution we haven't had the information revolution uh, printing press hasn't been out yet none of these things the steam engine these all happened kind of in the 1800s so there is this culmination of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of art coming together packages of art styles of art and people focusing on art and studying art for their entire lives as you mentioned and having uh um, a master of their craft, right? And then technology really started to take its way up and kind of pulling people away from the arts, right? So um, around that time as well, Shakespeare, still regarded as one of the greatest, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, regarded as one of the greatest artists and engineers, right? Michelangelo, 
Yeah. Right. Um, I believe that the King James version of the Bible were also came about. No, that was that was more like the 1800s. But um, it it took a lot of time for that to be translated and then published. So they were working on that in the 1700s. Um, all of all of these kind of really well known masterpieces all culminated around this time. And then after that, technology really started to take off and we started to focus more on productivity, production, um, technological advances rather than the art, rather than the, the spirit of humanity, rather than the soul of humanity, right? That artistic side. And I think that the not as many distractions thing really, 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 really is a big, big, big point there. because we have so many more people now we have so much more knowledge now we have so much more information now we have so many more teachers and better methods of teaching a certain thing now that i think objectively we can get to the same level of expertise that someone did in the 1600s with maybe half the time now just because it's better knowledge better technology better methods of teaching but the people who would be best suited to do that have so many other things going on that you know they could be the next leonardo da vinci but they're stuck watching tiktok because it's kind of hijacked their brain and you know, maybe they become TikTok famous and they make really, really good videos on TikTok and they're extremely creative with the things that they're doing, right? But if that, if this wasn't here, then they would only have maybe coming up with a new invention to focus on, maybe a new spaceship, right? Um, I think something great about Elon Musk is the fact that he does have Asperger's syndrome. Right. I think that that absolutely is absolutely agree. I, I think he's a genius. Yes. This guy. He and he is. And I think it's such a benefit that he has Asperger's. And saying that, I think in a general sense, it's like, whoa, what do you mean? This is so detrimental to people. Look at um, what Asperger's does. They can always focus on this and this and this and that. And it's like, yeah, you know, for every good thing there's going to be a, a bad thing for every positive there's going to be a negative right balance we have balance um you know a man of god i'm christian um for everything that god wants us to do the devil is trying to pull us away in the completely opposite direction right now god's more powerful so god's going to win but the devil's more crafty right the 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 devil is is very deceiving God is very straightforward. Like it says yeah. in the book, hey, you, you love me, you do this, you're going to get this. That's not as attractive, right? That's not as alluring. The devil's very alluring. It's going to lead you to death and despair. Mm -hmm. But it sounds good in the meanwhile. And so that, there is a that quote. distraction. There's a quote by Tolstoy that I really, really love. It's uh, in the beginning of mm. Anna Karenina. I, I can't quote it like 100% exactly, but I've been thinking on this for so long, uh, where he says, every happy family looks alike. 
and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So you can have mm. Ooh. Ooh. all the all the good ones, right? They're they're doing yeah. everything right the same, but you you have a thousand things that can go wrong. It's very crafty. Wow. A lot of variance love. in the negative. I absolutely love that. Wow. It's a great um, book. I'm gonna, it's a great book. I'm gonna commit that to memory. What what's the what's the book that, that was in? Uh Anna Karenina. There was a movie, I think, with Kira Knightley maybe ten years ago or something. Okay. Um I remember I watched it, but I enjoyed the book much, much more. It's it's this kind of late eighteen hundreds book where you get to really dive into someone's life. It's these these people become real. It's like they're, yes. they're your friends. You're living with them. You're exactly yes. in the room with them. It's um, it's amazing. Like these Russian yeah. writers from that time. That's, that's something else. It's something else. Really good art. Definitely. Okay. I uh, if if you could send that to me um, after we're done talking to our lovely people and bringing them really deep into random topics that they don't know how we got here but now we're here and they're yeah. <laughs> wanting more um you know go ahead and send that to me but um where was i going with this point oh yes so positives negatives now in the right circumstances somebody that has what we perceive as big negatives or big challenges by overcoming those big challenges kind of what i was um mm-hmm. saying before with people having more character, right? They are going to become exceptional, usually, right? So if you look at great comedians, if you look at great inventors, if you look at great writers, if you look at great musicians, if you look at a great anybody, anyone who is excellent, a master, world-renowned, historical, will be written in the history books. They went through difficulty. They went through more difficulty than the average person and probably went through more difficulty than the people in their surroundings. They were usually called, they were usually um, seen as extraordinary, uh, right? Extraordinary and yeah. extraordinary and kind of go together. Um, they, they were seen as outcast, the one-off, right? And so going back to Elon Musk, the fact that he had, or that he has Asperger's, the f- focus the focus that he has on singular objectives the ability to not even just ignore distractions the ability for the way that i understand asperger's his brain to not even care about anything else but this single thing right it's not that he's fighting different distractions it's it's that he can't even get distracted from from the way that i understand it right that singular focus on something for so long has made him world renowned world renowned and probably if if you looked at him as a kid oh man you might have thought he's going to be doomed he's going nowhere i mean grew up in south africa you know getting in fights all the time doesn't know how to communicate with people doesn't know how to talk with people and now he's where he's at I don't know. I mean, also today, he's not the best at communicating. 
<laughs> it's not this strong. No. It's not this no. strong suit. Not a strong suit. Uh, I, I mean, we, did we, we watched him. the interview yesterday. Uh, this was the thing. I, I went home. I opened TikTok. Then they, they quoted a, a thing of the interview. And I was like, I have to see uh, this whole interview. Because he was just saying, bleep which, them. Which you know, to uh, the latest. Uh, I think it was with the New York Times. Uh, around this Israel trip that he now did. And where he bleeped the advertisers who aren't coming uh to advertise anymore ah, okay. on x i saw that clip open uh and i just thought it's fantastic but just him saying this one quote you know it's about companies that are doing bad things and they don't want to be associated with a public opinion that perceives something is bad that i thought yeah actually if you if you put it like that it's really just um a marketing just a marketing play where where people are positioning themselves um consumed by their public image being dependent yeah. on the public and not being yep. really caring around what's what's right to do what's the right thing um to do so just and and then i thought to myself i thought really someone who's trying to cover up his mess he will be very very um consumed with the public opinion of them and someone who's concerned with doing the right thing he doesn't really concern himself with uh, the opinion of the public he's just doing the right thing uh i think this is also marcus aurelius quote like you could sit around all day uh discussing what a great man should be but don't do that just be one i love that talk about or be about it right yeah 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 yeah, he said, "Put your money where your mouth is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your risk. Put your money where your mouth is. That's that's good. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah, man, that's pretty awesome. So, your timeline we we haven't we haven't gone over that yet. We we you haven't... started at 1993, and you went all the way over yeah. to Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> We got the beginning and the end. What's in the middle? Yeah. So the the whole podcast is actually about you, but I will. Uh, I'm I'm happy to share. I mean, almost every guest that came here also started asking me questions, so I share a little chip here and there um, in the different episodes. Okay. So I actually grew up right. during wartime in Serbia, and it is something wow. that I don't really remember uh, most of it. I do remember like the time when I was five, six. Um, I do, I have no like direct traumatic experiences from it. What was traumatic okay. was more the general situation in the country. It was very hard to get food. It was very hard to, to get any kind of resources. Uh, money was scarce. Uh, one of my grandfathers had to smuggle cigarettes just so we could get by. Um, even if he, he was already um, retired from work, then he uh, mm. just, Started doing different things because you had to do something to get by. It wasn't wasn't easy. And then I remember maybe back in in ninety eight they started like bombing um, different different areas where I was living. Um, there was no let's say immediate danger, but you never knew, right? And especially like the grown ups yeah, yeah. and the the terror that they felt that was coloring a lot of. Um, us as kids because we don't really didn't understand it um on a logical level we just felt emotionally that something really 
dark is happening something really bad serious, yeah, you know and it's not stopping yeah 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 so that was that was that and after the war uh, my parents decided to move away from the country it was more and more corrupt it was really just hard to to do an honest honest living there um both were well educated and they they felt like they could provide us children also with a better life abroad and also for them like the, a lot of people were losing patience and there there has been a lot of brain drain in that country um for exactly those reasons uh yeah. there are serbs everywhere like wherever i go i will find them in any um any city in the in the western world they're filling positions of of all different kinds of uh, jobs so yeah uh, it's it's a it's a funny thing to to find with people everywhere and yeah i came as a kid switzerland i i really loved the the nature the country it was very different the culture was also very different it was much more orderly here and it counted much more to to be let's let's say more disciplined stuff like being on time was was very important um doing okay. little things correctly like um i don't know recycling or or just in school they would um give you bad grades for missing the points on the eye or something like that like they they would just like drop your points so it's it's kind of precise okay. um maybe yeah, they give you yeah. a hunch why the watch thing is so important i here. was literally just thinking that i was just <laughs> thinking that it's um they're really very precise but to a point where it could also get a little bit obnoxious uh where mm. it's only what, what's written and only the written and the contracts are important and not so much how people are feeling or i tend to find myself in these situations sometimes where i try to do the right thing and then um, not everybody's happy around that and they they need to do like they need, need also the right documents and uh stuff like that so it's it's a challenge definitely um it's a challenge to maneuver these things it's also a challenge to lead a fulfilling life because there's a lot of regulations there's a lot of um things uh, that are required from from citizens I was just talking yesterday to, yeah. to a driver. I was recording a concert and I was talking to him and he said, you know, I, my brother lives across the border and for him, it's much easier. Like I went one day to help him and we didn't do everything in a day. And the boss was just like, yeah, you know, just come back tomorrow and do it tomorrow. Like tomorrow's another day. And here it's now you got to do it today. Like finish up. Right. I don't care if you stay till midnight, you got to finish up. And it's a little bit mm -hmm. of a, yeah, I would say uh, mental attitude thing. So people have a lot of wealth here, but also okay. um, comparing to the wealth, the, the well-being is quite low, I would say. It's rather superficial and very connected to external things. A lot of ah, young okay. people, for example, would just go out drinking and and smoking weed and um, doing stuff like that, which for me was always amazing. Like I was also going out and drinking, but I was drinking out of depression um, and I had reasons to be depressed <laughs> in my own words, you know, uh, okay. and, and a lot of other kids like they just had good lives. They had stable families. They had um, 
stable relationships, whatever. And it was just like, I don't know what to do with my life. So why don't mm. excessively smoke weed, right? Gotcha. And yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that in the US right now. Yeah. So it's I, I think it's a lifestyle thing that's just if if there's as you say, if there's no challenge, there's no purpose. And if there's no purpose, well, what you're gonna do? Like start yep. creating your own problems, right? Yep. Um, yep. Ooh, yeah, true. Start creating your own problems so that you have something to solve. Yeah. I mean, th- this has been the experience for me, like just watching a little bit from, I always love to move the perspective outside and just watch it. What's, what's actually going on, what's happening. So at that point around, I was thinking of becoming a psychiatrist. I, I was thinking of becoming a doctor or a musician. Like okay. I always thought okay. I will be a scientist when I was little because I was fascinated yeah. with all the, how, how the world works and all this uh, small stuff. But there was a point that I was like, it's going to be either psychiatrist because I love psychology uh, or a doctor because I want to help people or a musician because I love music and music has helped me so much. And it was a challenge. It was something that required discipline and practice and keeping at it. Um, and also very different perspective. It was something that's uh, connected to art and self-expression. And I ultimately yeah. choose, chose that uh, because the most inspiring person that I knew at the time was my piano teacher who really okay. lived for the music. Like he always did extra more than he was paid for or more than he was required because he believed in that. And that Beautiful. was the most inspiring thing for me. So I said, yeah, I want to become a musician too. This is This is where it's going to go. And then I started music for 10 years. I was more and more fascinated by human emotions. Uh, Where does it come from? Like the history, how was it perceived earlier in times? Um, I love talking about this because nobody today knows. Um, Everybody thinks like Leonardo da Vinci was an exception for doing art, but also science, engineering and stuff like that. Most of the artists at that time were very well educated in the sciences as well um if not all of them mm. like you can have um you can read galileo you can read kepler you can read newton they all wrote a book oh, of music yeah. and there's really yeah and uh, this is a fascinating thing because they were connecting oh. actual physics and the laws of the universe which they said were made by god and how do we connect that into a larger picture and one of the very interesting things was music because in the tonal system that we have which is 12 half tones it's very interesting to have Mm -hmm. 12 half tones 12 months 12 disciples Mm -hmm. 12 everything this is like a theme that's going right uh that's going on in civilization for very long and there's also a lot of um interesting intervals that that you can do like a lot of numbers games and when you for example go seven octaves uh or you can do 11 fifths you should arrive at the same point this is just like the 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 musical uh thing when when you do like the circle say say that again yeah when you do the circle of fifths you you come around the circle right so you you would Mm -hmm. start with the c you would arrive at the c and you could do the same with yes. octaves. It's just like 11 octaves, like 11 fifths, but it's actually seven octaves. You would arrive at the C. Now, physically speaking, if you do that with um, strings, if you cut them, 
and proportions yeah. that are that are meant to be, you wouldn't arrive at the same note. The C would not be the C, depending on which way you went, either with the octaves or with the fifths. And this was a okay for the strings to be twelve strings. Yeah, you you would be, like because the strings go by the half tones, right? Almost, almost. So um, it's okay. a it's a calculation thing. So if you would uh, take a very large string, right? Like let's say this is the C, then you would have to, for the octave, you cut it in half. And then for the next octave, you cut that one in half. So you would do that seven times, cutting it in half to get ah, okay. to the highest. And with the fifths, you cut it uh, one third and two thirds. So you would cut it here and then you have one fifth. And then you cut a, again a third and then you have another fifth, and then you cut a third. So when you do that, you should, by our means, arrive at the same note, but you don't, because it's just not possible with the hmm. numbers. And hmm. this was one of the big mysteries of the universe, and they were yeah. contemplating why did God create the universe in this way, that it's not perfect? Why do we have music, which sounds great, and you have all these... Um, great scientific backings, right? How you create these tones and, and uh, with the proportions. But if we put them all together, we get this, uh, they, they called it comma. And already um, there's like the old Greeks, it's called the Pythagorean comma that he already calculated. And they were yeah. just trying to, to figure out why is this? How can we incorporate it? How can we say that music is something holy and something divine if it's not made perfect? Because God made everything perfect, right? But also calculating the sun and 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 the planets and nothing seemed to fit. Like everything is we are not doing 365 days per year, right? We're doing 365.25. Like why? 0.24. Yeah, or, or two four, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's it's always almost exactly like the the perfect thing, but it's not. And there was a lot of discussions all around this, and I love this. I absolutely love it because it's it's That's really um, cool. this connectedness with nature that we also talked about earlier, um, and attributed yeah. this also a little bit to the distractions that people used to have. If they're not distracted, they just have more time to actually look at nature and to get inspired from nature. Yes. That's why you would also always find like the golden ratio, right? It's everywhere in nature. And mm -hmm. they started putting it into paintings, into music, into architecture, into everything, because it's everywhere. You can see it. Like if, if you see it, you see it. And then you can't unsee it. So you put it in, into art. Most people today so don't even know what yeah. the golden ratio is, so it's it's kind of hard. They can say yeah. this person yeah. is more attractive than this one, but they can't really tell why. And why? we haven't been asking why for a for a long time. I think. I I think. So, first of all, that's just absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I did not know that Copernicus, Galileo, Newton, they all had music books. That's really cool. I thought that they were like just strictly like scientists in finding natural laws, but it 
makes sense when you explain it, when you describe that, because music is a natural law. It's it's not something that we created. Music is already there. We had to discover it, right? The laws of nature, we didn't create them. They were already there. Math, we did not create math. It was already there, right? Yeah. So as as you mentioned, right, God created the, the universe perfectly. But in our definition of perfect, that's not going to match up with God's definition of perfect. And I have no idea what God's definition of perfect is. But what I can say is that it's, it's most likely not going to match up perfectly with perfectly ha, with how we think about the word perfect, right? And so, you know, when you mentioned the 365.24 days, it's, it's not a clean number. When you mentioned um, cutting the strings, the circle of fifths, instead of cutting it in half, 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 you go third, 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 right? And then it doesn't get to that same note. It's not perfect. There must be something wrong here, right? That question that they used to ask is, God made the universe perfect. How is this not perfect? Well, we got to come from the, the assumption that God made the universe perfect. Now, why would God make it like this? Why is it, as you mentioned, not asking why, why is it that when you cut it in half, 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 okay, you get all the octave, but when you cut it in a third, that's not correct. Maybe a third isn't the right number to cut it by. Maybe it's just like 365.24. Maybe it's uh, thirty four hundredths instead of thirty three point three 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 hundredths, and we just haven't cut enough strings to figure it out. But I bet if we ask that question now, we have so much technology that we can just go ahead and digitally do that and figure out what that ratio is, right? We we did um, we did, and it's the most horrible thing that people did actually. So just diving into that, really? yeah. Okay, yeah, please. So, uh, you have the sociocultural thing, right? So you, you have the Renaissance and, and the early Baroque where people were, okay, this is God made. Um, let's do it in the most possible way how God intended. So we have this comma, we have this error. Let's mm. distribute this error. Let's let's swipe it under the rug where no one will hear it. So what we hear is oh, actually no, the most oh. perfect, perfect oh. thing. Yeah, so you could play C major. It was beautiful. You could play F major. Yeah. It was beautiful. If you try to yeah. play G flat major, it was horrible. It, you could not do that. That's just, it doesn't work. Or like E flat minor, yeah. it doesn't work. You get in the half A flat major, in doesn't work. Um, so yep. you just make some stuff work and some other stuff not work. And then we had the French Revolution and we had like the uh, democratization of everything when they said everyone is equal. Everything is equal. Mm. So they took this comma, mm. this error. And was that they the first communism? Mm, no, no, no. That's that's like um or that, like, the basis you, you guys in the US started with your declaration of independence. So <laughs> you 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 started it. It it wasn't the oh equal, equal the, under the eyes of the law. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Equal treatment under the eyes of the law. Gotcha. Exactly. I thought when you said that, I thought you meant like everybody is equal. Doctor, lawyer, garbage man are all equal. You all get paid the same. 
No, it's not about payment. It's, well, ah, okay. maybe in theory it was. I don't know exactly about these ideas, but it was that every human mm. being was equally valid. Like, that's, uh, I think, the first gotcha. um, civil rights code that was actually written down before... If if the king wanted you beheaded, there was no one protecting you. Like you just got beheaded. That's it. Um, yeah, exactly. Then you started to to get treated like a citizen, right? And and to have your own rights and to get your fair trial and and whatever, which mm-hmm. didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, go USA. Yeah, yeah. You you guys started it, uh. and because of of these equal rights so it distributed like the 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 power but also the people could choose their leaders so every vote was was um valued the same they just took this error and re- mm-hmm. redistributed it onto every note so every interval mm-hmm. every note everything except the octave is detuned so now everything is just a little bit wrong everything which most people decided, yeah, that's the way to go. Me personally, I do not like it. <laughs> Again, yeah, I don't for... like that either. And and when you when you say <laughs> now everything is a little bit detuned, you're talking about like now, like when they yeah. tune a piano in 2023. Yeah, all all of the intervals are a little bit off until you get to the octaves. Then the yeah, octaves are exactly what they're supposed to be. Exactly. And it's and not even the octaves with the piano because it has such thick strings. So even those have to be detuned so the overtones overlap. So you have this so-called stretching, but let's not get into too much into detail. It's, it's into just, the size of stretching strings. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually the, the 12th root of two. The the error, they just took it the 12th root of two and distributed it onto all of the notes. They used the square root of two. The twelve. It's not the the square. It's the twelve root. So, like twelve times the root of two. Square root and then square so root. So the square root of square two root to the twelve power. No, no. It's like the the twelve power, but just in the opposite yeah. direction. So, like if you do that number, um, to the twelve power, root. you get two. So you have to like take the root yeah. twelve times. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so that's that's extremely close to one because the the first yeah. square root of two is like one point four one, and then the second square root of of that is going to be I don't even know probably like one point two, and then exactly very slightly off. And hmm. because yeah, that, of the that physics, is a small discrepancy, but it adds up when you go to it. Yeah. It's it's really 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 small, and they thought, yeah, because it's so small, it, it will be fine. However, we are so careful in our hearing that you will actually hear those um, vibrations, and you can tell that it's wrong. Now we are so used to listening to music that's out of tune, and I'm sure you know this as a singer. If you sing together with someone, you can create perfect intervals, and you can actually get in tune with each other. And you can vibe. Yep. And this is what I love yep. about vibing with people because you just ride the same wave. And then if you play that on the piano and you try to take the tones from the piano, it will just be out of the vibe. It will not be the yeah. same. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're 100% right. You are 100% right. And, you know, I learned something very interesting two days ago. So 
one of my roommates, Cody, he plays guitar. He's been playing guitar for 17 yep. years. And he mentioned to me that Jimi Hendrix, 26 when he died, absolute legend, still one, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, even by 26, would play out-of-tune guitars on stage. Whenever he did recordings, they'd always be in tune. But whenever he was playing live, he liked to play out-of-tune guitars. And that, like, made, that didn't make sense to me, but it just sounded like a really fun experiment, kind of like, okay, it's a challenge. Let's see if I can still make this sound good, knowing that this is off. But then, but then we get to this. We get to the fact that things that are in tune, right, are actually tuned the wrong way to nature. And maybe Jimi Hendrix realized this. And so he said, it's live. Forget tuning. I'm just going to use my ears. Could very well be. I've, I'm hearing it of it the first time, but could very well be. You can tell it by singers. Like if someone's a good singer, they will tune perfectly to whatever other note is there. And also you you find yes. this with organs. Organs are often, like depending on from where it is, but I do play a lot of organs. They are okay. not using the standard tuning. Most of them are using some kind of stretched thing. So you have intervals that, that are actually really pure and you have others that work less well. Hmm. Hmm. Now, now I'm wondering just kind of going on this, on this music kick thing and uh you know back in the day them asking how how did god not make these intervals perfect maybe the way that we have put the octaves together and the 12 half tones it's supposed to have two different rules maybe there's supposed to be two different rules in the way that it's tuned and the intervals in there um and man this is so so i just i just gotta say man the way that god made the universe and how many things add up for things that are that seem completely unrelated is absolutely amazing um i over the last year two years i've began to look at things like you know i'm a creation right so if we come from the assumption and i'm not pushing it on anyone, believe whatever people like to believe, right? But if we come from the assumption that there is a creator, right? I, I think most of us can agree on something like this throughout all of human history, no matter where you go. Societies that have had contact or didn't have contact have always developed religion. Every single human society. So we understand that there's a creator. So if we understand that there's a creator and the universe is created, and the plans were created and me and you and this phone were created. Everything was created, right? So I'm a creation talking to another creation that's looking at other creations. And all of these creations are going to have some kind of synchronicity, some kind of harmony between each other. We just may not understand what that harmony is. And just because it's harmonious, right, doesn't have to mean that they're exactly synchronized, right? Because and correct me if I'm wrong, in musical terms, synchronized means they're exactly the same. Harmonized means that they go together and fit together well, right? Yeah. And they create a, a pleasant tone together, right? Yeah, so um, the the tones for the strings may not be synchronized. They may just be harmonized, which is why we can make a harmony. 
there was a solar system that was found about 50 light years away. I forget what the name of the solar system was, but they found six planets orbiting around the sun and they were all in perfect sync with each other. No, they were, they're perfectly harmonized with each other. Right. So the first planet, let's say it took 10 days to get around the sun. Right. The second planet would take 15 days to get around the sun. So the ratio of the orbit from the first planet to the second planet was three rotations for every two rotations that the second planet made. The ratio for the second planet to the third planet was three rotations for every two rotations that it made, that the third planet made. The ratio from the third planet to the fourth planet was three rotations for every two rotations that that uh, fourth planet made. And I was like, whoa, the universe can do that? Just, just, just the amazingness that the ratio is exactly from here to here, here to here, here to here, here to here. But on the last two planets, it changed. So for the last two planets, for planet five, it rotated... It orbited around the the star four times for every three times that the fourth planet rotated. And the sixth planet rotated the same four times for every three times that the fifth planet rotated around the sun. Now, the ratio between the rotations around the sun of the first planet and the sixth planet, can you guess what it was? Since you're doing fours and threes a lot, I'm just going to go with 432, but um, light me up. Close. Not not close at all. It wasn't close at all. <laughs> so it was one to six or six to one. Six to one. Exactly six to one. Six to one. So every six times that that inner planet rotated around the sun, that outer planet, that sixth planet, Mm-hmm. would go around one time. And I did not think that it was going to line up like that. I was thinking, okay, uh, three halves, what is it, two to three, and then this mm-hmm. one, two to three, and then this one, two to three, and then this one, two to three, and then the other one, three to four, and then three to four. I thought it was going to be 24, 48, something like that. No, six, exactly six. And reading that yesterday, thinking about what you're saying right now about trying to get to the octaves, half, 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 it just works. But when you try to go a third, a third, a third, it doesn't. Maybe it's that it's not exactly a third. Maybe because there's 12 half tones, it could be a quarter, a quarter, a third, a quarter, a quarter, half, quarter, a quarter, a third, something like that. And then when it's done that way, it actually gets to those perfect tones that we need to. Although the intervals in between them aren't the same, they harmonize. Could and I have no be. idea if you'd be able to, I, I have I no have idea another, if you'd be able to figure that out. I have another philosophy that that is starting to develop. I, I haven't really tested this on, on anyone or anything, or I have no yeah. way to prove it by. Um, I, I, I will tell you just before so you know um there's a lot of talk in the renaissance of the magic number six also because it's two times in 12 um 
funny enough, if you go down to quantum physics, you have two different particles in three generations, which amounts also to six. So that's that's yep. kind of a number that's also yeah, a lot of out quarks. there. Yeah. Me personally, I think that probably these planets aren't aligned perfectly, that you will still find like a 1% deviation or something that we maybe just can't make it out yet. Um, and Could be very possible. What I think is the actual divine spark in us or the, the, the part of the creation and also where we could be creators ourselves is just consciousness. This is my personal opinion. I don't have any sources to cite at this point um, or, or any stuff to back it up. But I, I just think like being conscious of things makes us be aware of things. And I think that whoever, whatever, ho however this creation came to be, has a lot of these beautiful proportions that when you look exactly at them, it will not fit perfectly. And I think that's the reason for them to be like that, because it allows for more consciousness. Like it's making itself even more conscious. So if you look at it and say, this is one to two and this is two to three, it's perfect. So you have realized something. You have be become aware of it. And mm -hmm. someone will come and say, wait, it's not. Look at it. We have You have like a 1% deviation or something. And then you will have another look at it. And then you have a discussion. Why is that? Like, why is the deviation so small? Where Where does it come from? Why do we have it? And this is why we have so many questions. And what's making us go look for further answers because it's never finished. It's always just a matter of, is it now like there are people who say, this is the evidence that everything's created. And there are people mm -hmm. who say, this is evidence um, that it's not created. It just looks like it, it looks like a big coincidence, but it's not because it's not perfect. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I think what if it was created like this in the first place to be like a pointer in the right direction. And then it's up to you what you make of it. This way you have the choice. You know what? Huh. I. My initial thoughts are. I like the direction you're going with in that. Um, I can't necessarily agree right now because I haven't thought about it enough and I actually looked at some things. I I understand what you're getting at, and it seems like that could be plausible to me. I can't confirm or deny it, but it that seems to make sense because one, when you when you go into the consciousness thing, um, the way that I would I would describe that as a Christian, there are uh, a couple of verses in the Bible um, kind of put throughout it. But some of them say, um, you know, we were all created in God's image. Men and women were all created in his image, right? And so he created us in his image, right? We were all created with the same design in mind. We were all created uh, with a similar purpose in mind or a similar way of being in mind, right? So we all came from this one 
being, this one consciousness, God. So why wouldn't it be the fact that we would all share our consciousness and share these these similarities and share these personalities, right? Because we were all created from the same mold, essentially, right? There's another part of the Bible where it says that his word is written on our hearts, right? And so in the Christian perspective, the word of God is God. It's God speaking to us, right? And so God's word is a part of God. Now, the word is also known as the Holy Spirit, right? Which is still here with us today, right? And so it is, you can think of it as the way that God will act in our physical world through through the uh, through the power of the spiritual, right? And that is his word. So his word is written on our heart. His word is the same. We all have a heart. The same word is written on everyone's heart. Togetherness, collective, right? Um, so those are those are two things that the way that I would describe the what a lot of people say is the collective consciousness. But I think they they mm -hmm. both match up. Now it's just about you know what we call it, right? So I definitely agree with that. When it comes to the the imperfection and the perfectness, leaving room for interpretation and for us to say, um, this is the, the direction to go, what are you going to do with it? I like that. I really like that because um, one of the really big differences between God and the devil is that God is a God of freedom. The devil is a devil of bondage, right? The devil wants to bind us, wants to take us hostage, wants to hold us, wants to get a grip on us and never let us go. Um, if you think about addiction, when someone gets to addiction, it's a hold on them. It has a grasp on them. People, when they um, overcome their addiction, they feel like they're freed, right? These are the words that we use, right? So it's a it's a hold, it's a grasp, yeah. right? So that's what the devil wants to do hold us hold us down and never let us go god is a god of freedom i've gotten a question before that i couldn't answer until i really understood this principle why would god let bad things happen to him very 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 tough question to answer right if god is good if god loves us why would god let bad things happen to us And the best yeah, I, I, I want to hear. Is, I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. The best answer that I have, right? And I, I have limited knowledge on this, limited perspective. I have not yet gone through the entire Bible and studied it. So don't take this as the word, right? Um, but it's because God is a God of freedom. That's how I understand it. So if God didn't allow any bad things to happen, That's the same thing as controlling our lives. If you think about a parent, if you think about a parent who doesn't want to allow any single bad thing to happen to their child, have them never be upset, have them never experience any challenge, have them never experience a friend saying no to them, have them, you know, always get yes, 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 only positive, only positive, only positive, only positive emotions. Well, we can see, okay, maybe everything in their life seems good, 
but they need the challenge. It's, it's, it's like it's a part of our human experience to go through challenge and to overcome things so that we can go in that direction and kind of figure it out for ourselves. Hmm. Right. So if you try to make something perfect in somebody's life, they're going to come up with their own difficulties. They're going to uh, rebel. They're going to have explosiveness when it comes to their anger, whatever it might be. They might be repressing emotions, however it might happen. So by trying to control everything and make everything good, out of that chaos is still going to be created right so if god tried to make everything in our lives good for us and not allow anything bad to happen that's the same as binding us and not giving us the choice to choose something different and god is a god of choice so in order to be consistent with us allowing ourselves to choose him and to have that freedom to do what we want with our lives. I believe that also has to be a law of the universe that anything can be possible. Good things are possible and bad things are possible. Right. Um, I, I love what yeah, you're yeah, that's, saying right that's, now. That's I, I mean, there's uh, yeah. also, I love that Julian talks about this in a, in a, um, uh, in the um, next level also it's just okay. whatever happens to you right how do you know if it's good or bad at the point where it happens like you won't know you might have some feelings around it but it also translates to me to the question how do you know if it's good or bad like th there is um the uh, also the idea of the of the final judgment that will not be provided by humans but by God or in yes. other religions or societies it's it's uh, like the Egyptians have the tribunal of all gods right who who will judge mm -hmm. um, a person mm -hmm. so this is also something that people I think realized very very early we don't get to choose if something's good or bad it's not our <laughs> it's not on us to choose it and and i love how you how you describe this um and also to add another thing onto this is um around these numbers and, and proportions and everything you also said the the yeah. connectedness and the same word being written of, on everyone's heart this is the experience that they have been doing here in cern in in uh, switzerland where they shot okay. two different particles in different yeah. uh, directions and they each yeah. had a spin, which is corresponding. And then they changed the spin of one, and instantaneously, mm -hmm. it changed the speed of the other. So the fastest thing oh, it, that we it did, know, that, and, and yeah. the spin did change. Yeah. Okay, so the particles did stay linked. They stood linked through our three-dimensional space that we have, and it was faster than the speed of light. So it's not some invisible... Um, thread of, of light or whatever that travels but this to them suggests another dimension through which these are connected so could it be that with our ears and touch and eyes um, we are not able to perceive this other dimension so we also can't say if maybe the proportions are right we are just not okay. seeing uh it from from the another dimension yeah we don't just don't have the whole picture right now and maybe it's the pointer of 
why don't you go and find out, try to find out what the whole picture is to the best of your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing to nod. Um, so I have to scram in about five yeah. minutes here. Um, yeah. I do got to get to work today. Uh, this, this has been absolutely awesome. This has been so amazing. Um, and I, I would like to leave the audience, the millions of people that are going to watch this in the coming years with a few thoughts, um, that I found personally, uh, one of them is exactly as you mentioned, we cannot say whether an event is good or bad right now. Objectively, we can only say how we feel about it in the moment. And we can only go with the story that we tell ourselves about the event. It's not the event ourselves itself. It's the perspective, right? And if you think about two people, an event happens, let's say there's a car accident, both people are driving, right? Those two people, if you ask them about that car accident, will have two different stories. But the situation was the same. They were both in the same place at the same time, at the same location. The accident happened at the same time. It was the same exact event. Two completely different stories here, right? The event didn't change. It's about the story that we tell ourselves that gives us the outcome, right? Yeah. I've often looked back in my life and, you know, I've I've gotten in some trouble. I'm not uh, this super lawful citizen. Well, I'm, I'm lawful, but who's never gotten in trouble and never done anything. You know, I've been arrested four or five times. I've been arrested for weed. Um, I have two DUIs, things that I'm not proud of, but they're just part of oh, my man. story, right? I failed out of college. Um, you know, it took me five years to graduate. Um, I I went pretty much homeless when I was in Canada and Toronto and only had rice and onions to eat with eggs once a week for like two months. You oh, know, I, yeah, my, my life hasn't been perfect. You know, no one's life has been perfect. For you, you you started out, your childhood came from Serbia in the middle of war and didn't move out of there until you were about, what, seven or eight, something like that, eight yeah. or nine? Seven, uh, yeah. It was eight, right? eight. Yeah. Eight. So nobody's life is perfect. Even if your life is perfect, like I mentioned five, ten minutes ago, you try to set it out to be perfect, you're going to create your own problems. Life is going to create its own problems for you. There is no perfect. It's only about the story that we tell ourselves. So if this resonates with you, ask yourself one question. Could I tell a better story? The answer might be no. The answer might be no, you can't tell a better story. I think that I have looked at this situation in the most optimal way, you know, where I can get the most out of this and it's going to be the most beneficial for me in the future. Cool. If you can look at it a better way, what do you think would be better about it now? Right? And then the second question on that is, in the future, future down the year, two years, five years, future to not, in five years, 10 years, 
how will I look at that same story? Will I paint the same picture about myself? Will I have pulled the same lessons from it? Will I feel the same way in a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years? For me personally, when I've started to consider future John, because there's three me's going on right now, right? There's me in the present. There's past me, right? Where I can look back and say, oh man, I did these things before. Let me not do that again. And then there's future me that I'm going to get to in whatever time that future is based on what I'm doing now. So there's three me's, but the only me that I can control is me right now. So considering those three and using the information that I have there, what am I going to do right now? What am I going to do today that is going to be the truest to me? Not about what's the best option, not about what's the worst option, because as we mentioned, we don't know until we get to the future, but what is the truest to myself what I want to do? And that's what I mean. John, it's been amazing. Honestly, we, we got to do this again. Like 100%. these questions. Oh yeah, they're, this they're, is they're gold. Around coming. This is gold. Like really, um, we 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 could do a whole episode just on just on this. We, we just started. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> oh, and I and I and I totally forgot uh, the original question. I don't even know if it's going to make it in the uh, uh, the podcast edit. Um, if it does, that'd be dope. You know, 10 minutes. Is that 10 minutes going to matter or not? Yeah. Right? Is Remember that 10 in the minutes beginning? Gonna matter Is or that not? 10 minutes going to matter or not? We have no yeah. idea until we get to the point where we figure out where it mattered or not. The, the, what a beautiful closure, actually. What a beautiful closure. We started out and ended up in the same thing in the most historically uh, accurate fashion ever because every art every structure everything will end up the same way it started out so um <laughs> just yeah. love this just love this yeah this man. Has been great that's dope no no thank you so much for the opportunity hey, John, to do this man thank you this, this was fun this was fun absolutely absolutely hey we, we we will talk sometime again i wish you all the best have a great day at work have a great weekend um take care we're now beginning of december so a lot of christmas stuff going on mm -hmm. around also for all the listeners right um with uh, families friends if it triggers you it triggers you uh, you still love them right so yeah i'm there's so much food for thought like just uh the last questions you asked love it Love it. Hey, definitely, man. And, and if the holidays trigger you, we, we might be able to help you with that. I'm sure they do. And I'm sure we will. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. All right, man. Hey, have hey. an amazing day. We'll talk soon. You too. Bye, John. God bless. Bye, Thank everyone. You.